Hello, and welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. My name is Yah. I'm an RD2B, Dietitian Boss Podcast co-host, and Dietitian Boss Method Instructor. The Dietitian Boss Program empowers dietitians and nutritionists to create their private practice from scratch and emboldens already established practitioners to think bigger. The Dietitian Boss Method provides a step-by-step process to improve how you market yourself on social media so you can become far more profitable and create more impact by working with the clients you truly want to work with. Every week on my solo episode, I will dive deep when answering questions submitted by you all via our Instagram story poll and comment section of our Instagram account. So stay tuned. We have Zoe and Becca. Zoe is a social worker who works primarily with individuals struggling with eating disorders, in particular binge eating disorder. Zoe has been able to not only motivate people towards full recovery, but also help many people come out of the woodwork and get the support they deserve. Becca is a registered dietitian nutritionist who helps young women like herself who have ADHD and struggle with binge eating, chronic dieting, and body image issues to find food freedom and improve their self-esteem. She's passionate about using the principles of intuitive eating and a weight-inclusive approach to nutrition. Welcome to today's panel episode, ladies. I am really excited to dive into today's topic. It is a very, very unique one, and I think it doesn't get discussed enough. And I so value you all coming on today's episode so we can talk about it. And Becca and Zoe, can you share with the listeners where they can find you? Yeah, so I can be found on Instagram under binge recovery therapist, binge.recovery.therapist. And I love connecting with people over DMs. And I would love to connect with anyone interested in chatting with me about what I do, my services, who I am, and anything else that comes up. Awesome. And I am at ADHD.nutritionist and the same thing goes for me. I love chatting with you and my DMs. So if anyone has any questions about what I do or my approach or anything like that, I'd love to chat with you too. Awesome. So this panel, we're going to be covering anxiety and depression and what are the myths, especially since Zoe and Becca have really interesting and distinct perspectives. This is going to be such a lovely episode, especially for those that are out there that lack the support and resources. This is definitely going to be a helpful conversation. So let's start it off with what do we understand about the relationship between food and mental health? Yeah. So in terms of like what we often misunderstand and the myths that come up is a lot of people think that binge eating disorder is willful and that people should just be able to like control their anxiety. And if they're binge eating or they've had a binge or they're stuck in the binge restrict cycle, that this is something that they can just stop. A lot of people think that anxiety is something like man-made, like it's like the old expression of like, oh, it's just in your head. And I think people can be very dismissive to the impact of anxiety on food and the fact that this is not in any way willful. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a huge, huge myth that gets perpetuated a lot that like you could just stop it if you wanted to. Um, And it's definitely not the case. And in terms of what prompted your individual interest in helping people manage their anxiety and depression or mental health issues with nutrition, we would love to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. So for me, I really realized that there was a huge need that no one was talking about the connection between binge eating and 
ADHD. And most of my clients and most women with ADHD usually either also have anxiety or depression or some other mental health issue as well. So it's just something for me personally, I struggled with binge eating and have ADHD. So I'm really just passionate about getting to help other women kind of work through those issues too, and kind of create that space. For me and the ADHD community, a lot of the nutrition recommendations are very um, entrenched in diet culture and fat phobia. And so kind of providing a different lens for nutrition, I think is really important. Yeah. So just on a similar vein, like I, um, I was never actually formally diagnosed with binge eating disorder, but I suspect I had it for about 10 years, probably in my early tweens up until I was probably about 2021. And like years later, reflecting on this as a social worker, I realized how important it is to help people understand the root causes of binging or binge restrict cycles and help them work through that. And a lot of my clients will find that the root causes may be trauma, the root causes may be family difficulties. I do have an ADHD intersection in my practice too. So I'm very familiar with what Becca does. And I, and I see that in my practice too, from the extent that there's some people with ADHD who are stuck in the binge restrict cycle and have been previously given like recommendations that are very fat phobic, that are very restrictive and serve to fuel the disordered eating patterns. So from my perspective, it's very important. Thank you both for sharing those perspectives. And you both are helping people manage their their issues through nutrition. And I would love for you to share how you help people. Cause I think a lot of times people think it's just kind of like eating whatever and just your breakthrough is just going for it and just going like trying to find balance or something to that effect. So can you share with us how you help those that you work with? Yeah. So as a social worker, my role is to help people understand their relationship to food and the root cause of their relationship to food. So what I always explain to clients is that it's not enough for me to give you like tips to stop binge eating, like, you know, set a timer or think this way, or, you know, do this. It's, we really need to look at the root cause of why this is there in the first place. And I find with my clients, it can be many things. There can be a diagnosis like, you know, ADHD, there can be trauma, there can be a family dynamic, there can be an event, there can be certain times of the year. But I think what's really, really important is to look at that root cause and make an individualized plan of action to heal your relationship with food, stop binge eating, but also to understand what is my trigger in the first place and to help clients really be able to recognize that and like tag that. Yeah, for me, I kind of help people basically managing their anxiety around food and helping them feel comfortable and working through a lot of their cognitive distortions around food so that they don't feel so anxious or stressed just around, you know, what they're eating. Because a lot of times for them, that can also trigger them to binge. So, yeah. And what are some good foods or recommendations that you often provide clients who are dealing with anxiety and depression or working to even just shop more effectively in terms of being able to get to that point where they can be confident around those foods that were once an issue for them? Yeah. For me, I find a lot of my clients who have anxiety for a lot of, a lot of them that can be like a hunger cue, especially if they're on ADHD medication. So kind of helping them make sure they're eating consistently enough throughout the day so that their blood sugar is not dropping. is something I kind of help them do. 
So focusing on things like complex carbs, there's a little bit of research to show that things like making sure you're getting in antioxidants as well. So you're not, your body is not as stressed out can be helpful too. So things like fruit, like berries, any of your good herbs and spices like ginger and turmeric. So some things like that. Yeah. So from my perspective, I can't really give out specific nutrition recommendations, but what I do do with clients is food exposures. So sometimes there might be a scenario and this is more of a pre-COVID thing and it will be a post-COVID thing where someone will say, I'm going to this event and I'm really worried because they're going to be serving A, B, and C. And maybe that's cake. Maybe that's cookies. Maybe that's, it may even be something that's not a dessert. It could be like a sandwich and we'll have food exposures in my office where we will, you know, each eat that food and talk about how that feel, like, you know, makes them feel and allow them to experience that in a safe space. So in terms of like specific foods, I think it's, for me, it's more about taking the anxiety and, you know, depression, but like the depressive feelings out from that food, as opposed to recommending something specific. Yeah, I think helping them feel comfortable is really important, or like supporting them to feel comfortable around the foods that do give them maybe negative emotions is really important. I think as practitioners be able to support them in doing that, even being able, it's kind of cool virtually to be able to like do some of those things on coaching calls because they're in their house a lot of times. So being able to be like, Hey, bring something to the call and you can eat it and we can kind of work through things together or as kind of a fun, it's been kind of a fun thing to get to do, at least for me. That's awesome. I love hearing how you all are adapting virtually. I think that is something that a lot of people are concerned about. I'll actually ask kind of like a follow-up question to that. How have you been navigating telehealth and group coaching with your niche? Because I think that's something that a lot of practitioners, whether they're working in the therapy realm or the dietetics realm, you know, have been concerned about. Can you guys share kind of some of your experiences and being able to still service your clients? Sure. I've actually found that it's been relatively easy. I think because I'm dealing with such a sensitive topic, a lot of people feel more comfortable in their homes. And I think because of everything that's gone on in the pandemic in terms of people trying to manage their kids in school or scheduling with their spouse and all those things, it's actually been easier to do it virtually. And interestingly enough, um, I have clients who have told me that when COVID takes a better turn, they actually would like to remain virtual just because it's, it's worked for them. But anything I do virtually is what I would do in the office. And I find that the food exposures that I do or any activities that I do work the same way. For me, I love, I do small group coaching. So for me, I think it's really cool to create that space and community for women with ADHD. A lot of my clients are newly diagnosed with ADHD and have struggled with issues with food for a really long time and have never really made that connection with ADHD because they didn't have a diagnosis. So finding a community of women who get what it's like to have ADHD as they're kind of processing their diagnosis and things has been really huge. And I think that piece um, of just kind of bringing people together in that virtual setting to feel comfortable has been really beneficial. Amazing. Thanks so much for sharing that with the listeners. So those of them that are out there that are looking for support, you know, it can be strange to kind of meet strangers online in essence, but I'm glad to hear and for the listeners to hear that it's been a good experience. So great. In fact, that most people kind of want to maintain this even after COVID. So I would like you guys to now share with us, how does your method produce positive results for your clients? Like, and I know success 
and positive results looks different for different people. So I, I don't expect necessarily an umbrella term, but most people want to know what, what they can expect, like working with professionals like yourself, because they may have tried things or it's been years of them struggling and they kind of just want to see some semblance of relief or positivity. So I uh, would love for you guys to share that with the listeners. Sure. So one thing that I really emphasize to people in the strategy calls and the discovery calls that I, I take is we are really going to look at the root cause and we're going to help you to recognize the root cause. So a lot of my clients will find that that's really helpful for them because they can be in a situation where they feel a binge urge or they feel an urge to restrict or they find themselves caught up in that cycle and they're able to say, okay, I'm here for this reason. This is understandable, but this is what I can do. So just to piggyback off that idea. So I think for me, what I've seen the most success with is finding the root cause and then giving people a very clear roadmap of next steps. It's like, if you go to the mechanic, it's not enough for them to say that like your brakes aren't working. They have to explain what can be done. Right. So I find that both of those things really help people to heal the relationship with food, but also to understand why they're there in the first place and to recognize that as they go through life. Yeah. And that's pretty similar. I definitely help people in the ADHD lens figure out a lot of times they're some of their triggers for binge eating a lot of times are related to issues with executive functioning. So sometimes it's not even in an attempt to like control their body size or things like that. It's other things. So kind of also showing them those pieces um, and also helping them like not work, try to like make their brain work differently, I think is really important. Like accepting that like their brain works differently and how can we work with it so that we can heal their relationship with food. Um, and I find kind of incorporating mindful, like intuitive eating and the mindfulness component of intuitive eating is really beneficial for my clients. That helps them see really good results. Incredible. It's great that you have such distinct, but similar approaches in the sense that you really are meeting your clients where they are and really thinking about what you can do to help them get to that place that they've been wanting to get to. And I really appreciate the root cause. That's been like a cool little running theme throughout. And oftentimes people kind of just want to know the solution, the solution. So you guys highlighting and repeating root cause is very important for the listeners and for other practitioners too. And of course, you know, no one wants to hear about that. They just want to know the solution, but it is something that does matter, especially in this space of mental health and well-being. And if it gets overlooked, then it, the I'm guessing the odds of it happening again are probably much higher than being able to truly recognize why it's happening in the first place. So kudos to you for delivering to both of your clients, like so much great service and experience and expertise. So for someone that's really interested in getting started and they're really hearing what you both are saying and are ready to take that next step, what are one to three pieces of advice you would give someone who's ready to start their journey for either, you know, getting their relationship in order with food in terms of binge eating and working through their anxiety and depression, and especially those who are at that point where they're maybe even newly diagnosed, I would say maybe the advice could be more tailored to those people. What would you share with them? I would definitely say that if it's within your means, seeking help from a professional, whether that's, you know, starting in therapy or working with a dietitian, definitely getting professional help is, I think, really important because it's also just hard to 
try to do it all on your own and you shouldn't have to work through these issues by yourself. It's great to have support to get through things. I think it, it makes the journey to healing your relationship with food a lot easier when you have that kind of support. I also think another thing that's really important is to just know that it's not like it's a journey. It's a process and to have patience with it and to kind of, I'd say, explore things a lot with curiosity and not judgment and kind of working through things and just remembering that this is just a learning process and you're always just learning more about yourself. And that can be kind of empowering and help you make it easier to heal your relationship with food. And I think probably the last thing is that nutrition is just like one piece of that treatment. So like there isn't going to be like one specific food or one way of eating that's just going to, you know, get rid of your anxiety or depression or, you know, like even just binge eating in jet too. It's like you, that's one piece and you have to work on other things as well. So that one piece to the puzzle. Yeah. So I think that like what I would really say is like one is to know that everybody's journey, everybody's experience looks different and it's helpful to make sure that you're not comparing yourself to others. There's no such thing as like sick enough. There's no such thing as not good enough. So if you feel that you want to improve your relationship with food and that anxiety and depression is a factor that you should seek help that's within your means. I think a lot of people think it has to be really serious or you have to be on like the brink of hospitalization. And that's definitely not true. I think two would be if you can, and if you have the means being a dietitian and a therapist at the same time is great because then you're able to get that mental health support, but also that practicality of how do I nourish myself and how do I feel about my relationship with food and all of those things. And I think dietitians and therapists work really well together. Um, that's something that I do quite often. And finally, I think it's important to know that there's, there's no shame. I think a lot of people are really scared to come forward because they think they're going to be like discredited or someone's going to look at them and say, what's wrong with you. And people have had those experiences with certain providers, sadly. And I think it's important to know that that's that provider, that person's problem and not yours. So, so helpful. And especially since kind of like I was noting earlier, it can be tough for people to go through this and trying to figure out what their healing journey looks like, what their road to recovery looks like. So I think it was a great acknowledgement on both of your parts about the patients in the journey and being able to just seek help and not be afraid if you didn't necessarily have a good experience before and know that that was probably just like an outlier one-off or so. And maybe you had a couple of situations like that, but there are qualified professionals out there like Zoe and Becca we're here to help. And on that note, what can clients expect when they sign up to work with you? And what are your programs or offers that you have for people that are listening and are interested and in working with one of you to get some of your support and services? So I offer both one-to-one and small group coaching. Um, I will be starting small group up again. Right now I'm just doing one-on-one, but there will be a group coming very soon. So if you're interested, DM me, I will send you details. That being said, What's really important in my individual sessions is to really make sure that this is not a cookie cutter process. I really, really emphasize to all my clients that we are going to make this really individualized to you. We are going to look at your root cause and we're going to look at a plan of action that makes sense for you. I think that there's a lot of very like generic ideas online about how to solve some of this stuff. And it can be a really helpful starting point for people. But what I really emphasize is that 
we really need to have an action plan that makes sense for you, your life, your situation, your preferences, your values, all of those things. And a lot of my work really centers around people's individual values and how we can help them to act and live in line with that and get the eating disorder out of the way. Yeah. And for me, I do small group coaching. I do take a couple one-on-one clients, but primarily just do small group coaching. So I do an eight week small group and I absolutely love it. I just really think it's important to provide that space so that people can talk and have honest conversations. Cause for a lot of the women I work with, they've never talked about food this way, maybe to anyone before. So talking about it and working through those things and problem solving, I think with other women is kind of one of the things you expect to show up and like be involved and participate and yeah, really just getting interaction, I think helps kind of with that whole process of healing Um, and knowing you're not alone, I think is really huge when you're trying to heal your relationship with food that like, I'm not the only person that struggles with this because that's what most of my clients start off with saying is like, I thought I was the only like person, like I thought this is something only I dealt with. So being able to have that environment, I think is really important. So important. Incredible. Thank you ladies so much for joining me on this panel. And just as a reminder, can you share your, your first name and your handle so they can know who's speaking in the, the handle so they can go follow you and reach out to you for support? Sure. So I'm Zoe and I can be found at binge.recovery.therapist. You are welcome to DM me. I always love chatting with people. If you're interested in learning more about me and my services, I, we can definitely chat. If you just have questions about what I do, we can chat. If you have ideas for content, we can chat. I'm always very interested in connecting with people. So feel free. I'm Becca King, and you can find me on Instagram at ADHD.nutritionist. And thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed being a part of this conversation. Thank you, ladies, for both joining. I really enjoyed listening to you both. If you were inspired by this episode, click subscribe so we can fill your library with encouragement each week. Every day, your potential clients are searching online for professionals like you with the hopes of finding the right person who can make a genuine impact on their well-being and life. Join my group coaching program and follow the Dietitian Boss Method. You will be surrounded by other amazing dietitian bosses from around the world who will be there to cheer you on, support you, give you feedback, and provide you a spark for new ideas, all while following the proven Dietitian Boss Method. You will be able to share your successes and struggles with people who get it. Book a call with my team to learn how you can become your own boss.